after these messages we'll be right back i can't believe i ate that whole thing are you in good hands and now a word from our sponsors hey everybody welcome to another edition of after these messages the podcast where we talk about commercials, television commercials. We talk about the good ones, we talk about the bad ones, and we talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. How's it going? Eh? <laughs> New dude about it. <laughs> My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Has. We are your hosts. Hey, Vives. Hey, Andrew. So here it is. Uh, look at the calendar. It's July 5th. It's literally the day after july 4th the day that we celebrate our nation's birth and its independence <laughs> and all you want to talk about is canada well they just had canada day so it's it's fairly timely for them as well i guess so so that is the theme today we are talking about uh canadian television commercials and you had an inspiration for this um uh, based on i guess two different ad campaigns for two very different products that are airing right now in this kind of uh I, I guess I shouldn't say post-Trump, but ever since Trump became the official nominee of the Republican yeah, Party. In the, in the era of Trump, uh, we, I've seen two or heard about two campaigns that are capitalizing on uh, the, uh, I would say, Trump Trumpophobia that many of us here <laughs> in the States are experiencing. Uh, one of them is a, a, a great ad that um, Air Canada produced that says... Um, that talks about how you know every four years you say you, Americans say they're going to move to Canada if their, <laughs> right. can, if their preferred Canada doesn't win. Why don't you give it a test drive first? You want to play that one? Yeah, let's take a listen. And there's another one. Seems like a lot of you are talking about moving up here to Canada. It's very flattering and we certainly have the room. But before you sell your house to book a one-way ticket, maybe it makes sense to check us out first. Come on up and test drive Canada. Make it a long weekend. Take a look around. Try your hand with the metric system. With over 240 flights connecting the U.S. and Canada daily, we hope to see you soon. Let's look at some flights. Oh, and another one. So it's, a, it's just so you can picture it, it's a, um, a woman who works for the airline. What do you call them? The people at the, the check-in gate or it's whatever? It's a desk agent. The, the desk agent, yeah. And uh, behind her, she's got a screen that shows that those pings you hear are the number of Americans who say they're moving to Canada. Do you know what is a real statistic? Huh. The day that Trump clinched the nomination, um, the, there, is a, there was a huge spike, uh, like a record-setting spike in uh, the Google searches for how do I move to Canada? Really? Yeah. I mean, that's always kind of the thing, though, right? I mean, listen, I, I let's not get to. I know that you want to use all of your media power to take down Trump. All of my uh, vast media power. <laughs> yeah, you want to use your media empire. I we got pretty political last week. I don't feel like getting into it again. But I mean, I guess Trump is. I guess Trump is scary to a lot more people. It's not quite as partisan, right? I'm sure that maybe... Yeah, I think it's not quite as partisan. And I think um, for the kind of people who don't want to live in Trump's America, uh, Trudeau's Canada is pretty appealing. Right. Oh, man. Yeah, it's going to be like the polar opposite up there. Like, now they have now Obama. they've got Obama. <laughs> I know. All right. Um, enough politics. So, actually, I guess not quite, because there was one other ad. Now, that was for an airline. That's yeah, for an airline. And I love how they're like, oh, there's plenty of room. Move on up. Like, yeah, yeah. try try getting actual Canadian citizenship. That's yeah, not exactly. going to be as easy as they made it sound. The other one that really caught our attention, and unfortunately, this is a bit of a cheat, because uh, they don't, I believe, have any kind of video or, or television commercial for mm -hmm. it but there is a uh, a dating site called maple match uh, and i think maple match i know <laughs> oh canada you're so um, adorable you're so adorable um maple match i think predates uh the whole election the whole american election but um it's a dating site that offers to that they're capitalizing on the on the trump fear by having a uh, a campaign that where they offer to match Americans with Canadians, and allegedly there's a twenty thousand person waiting list for this. Thing. So Maple, I think it's I think this is some very good PR that they're doing. Maple Match has never been just like for Canadians to meet Canadians; it's always been for Americans to meet Canadians. What a strange. According to I'm looking at um, I'm looking at the description of this commercial on YouTube. Now this is not their official YouTube page, I should say. So whoever posted this wrote this, but Maple Match is a dating site that sets up Canadians with Americans. Yeah, I'm a little fuzzy on whether they were actually created... It, it says it was created for uh, for Americans hmm. who want to flee Trump. I, I don't know if it was really created for that reason, how much of it is a joke, 
but I think it is actually a functioning dating site. And Let's it, take a look and here. The, they, uh, their slogan <laughs> right now on their site is make dating great again. Uh, Maple Match makes it easy for Americans to find the ideal Canadian partner to save them from the unfathomable horror of a Trump presidency. So I get the impression that they actually probably did. Is this whole this whole thing is just probably a joke then? Am I uh, or are they actually paying for advertising that's the one concern i have here are we just kind of like going down a are we have, being, are we, have we been had i don't know are we being hosed we might be hosed oh i don't think that's the appropriate use no of i don't think so either um is maple match real i'm on their frequently asked questions page absolutely maple we're saving so much time by not doing this before the show yeah. <laughs> absolutely maple match is very real uh maple match is a very real company with the goal of bringing americans and canadians together in a fun meaningful way um and then it goes on from there but it it does seem that everything on their site is based on the trump thing because the third question down will maple match be operational if donald trump doesn't win the presidential election uh the answer to that question is yes tens of thousands of you told us that they wanted to use maple match for dating so it was apparently created for this very purpose well, then I stand corrected. I, I figured it was just a dating site that was smart, that was wisely capitalizing on, uh, you know, on on this uh, the latest news. But it may be that it really is created for this. It may be that it's a total hoax. Uh, write in if you know anything about it. I get the impression is uh, here's my just quick take on this. It's not so much a hoax as an opportunistic way of just kind of getting some media attention and, you know, maybe p- getting people to sign up. I see they have a merch second you, uh, section. You can buy your Maple Match t-shirts or whatever, which is a pretty cute logo, by the way, the Maple Leaf with the heart in the middle of but it. But if I it's like not it. a hoax, if it's not a, just a total gag and it is a real thing, is the object of this real thing to be a functioning dating site that makes money where people actually get matched? I assume that, yeah. I and assume what that kind they, of Canadians are lining up to marry Americans? See, that's Some where, yeah. Some offense America. Yeah, yeah, right. All offense America. But anyway, um, so they have, I'm just going to play, uh, they have a little video. It's kind of like an ad, but it's it's not really on, on it's not TV commercial right now. But I'll play it. It's just, uh, it shows images of people uh, dating. It says, if Trump becomes president, there's a new way for Americans to move to Canada. Make dating great again. Date a Canadian. And then it kind of walks you through the uh, the website. So I guess that's the... I guess we're kind of sneaking this in as a commercial. Oh, here we go. This is the uh, this is the founder. ...about Muslims and Latinos in the United States. Certainly has disturbed a lot of people. Now they're taking that into consideration about leaving. I do think that I don't think it's a hoax, but I do think that it's just like somebody kind of being. This is a clever way for us to get on the radio. I'm sure like these guys have a bunch of other projects or something like that. You know what I mean? I guess so, but it's sort of hard to tell what they're marketing here. Other yeah, than right. This thing. Right. I can just see it's like some bros are kind of like, oh yeah, that'd be a good site. Hey, we could have that up and running in no time, right? And yeah. Then probably have a bunch of other things going on as well. But anyway, all of this was an inspiration to take a step back and look at other Canadian commercials. Yeah, as well, right? it just got us thinking about uh, marketing in Canada. Um, what are the uh, commercials there? I mean, in some ways, you know, we there the degree to which Canada is uh, is like the United States, but unlike the United States, is a subject of many um, this American lives and mm-hmm. and what have you. But it is kind of interesting to look at the commercials that speak directly to Canadians, very specifically to Canadians. Um, and to some degree, I have to say, in my somewhat slapdash research (laughs) it does sort of seem like canada really does self-identify by three things molson's Tim Hortons and hockey. Yeah, like, I, I mean, maybe that's Can, not Canadian just, listeners. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> that's that's the uh, we're looking up some Canadian slang before the show. I guess a double double is what you get at Tim Hortons. Yes, a double yeah. double is a, it has coffee and creamer in it. Right. Uh, well, do you want to start? I'm sorry, sugar and creamer. Do you want to start with one of those, or do you want to um, do you want to go with one of these other uh, ad campaigns that are specifically towards a Canadian audience? Let's look at some of these other ones for for. Um, uh, particularly for products that are very recognizable, much more so than Tim Hortons, for example, more recognizable to Americans, but for which a specific ad was released in the Canadian-only market. Okay. It looks like we have a couple of those here. We have, uh, do you want to, well, let's start with the Oreo one. Yeah. If you don't mind. No, I and like now, this one. this one, is this, all, oh, this is all music, right? This is basically a, this must be a, um, an online ad because this is a 90 minute one or they probably chop or it up in, or 90 second they probably chop it up into 30 second probably yeah. it's it's a long it's a longish song which will let play out it's cute it's by the owl city i don't know if it's the whole band or just the main 
Owl City. I think Owl City is just that one guy, right? Oh, is it just the guy? And he basically just, he rips off the Postal Service. Yeah, more or less. Right. So um, this is uh, him doing this song for uh, Oreo Cookies. And the, I mean, I guess you can't see the animations. We'll post them to our Facebook page, but they're adorable. They're kind of that 2D kind of yeah, animation. And, and it's for the Wonderfilled campaign, which is a campaign that's been running in the U.S. as well. So I'm unclear on why this specific song was only released in Canada. And I wonder if it's just like the tone of it is so nice and friendly that it was, <laughs> it had a Canadian vibe to it. And Owl City, by the way, not a Canadian band, right? You no, said... they're from uh, somewhere in the upper Midwest. Okay, well, let's take a listen to this. Wonder if I gave an Oreo to a vampire in a creepy show. Would he not act so undead? Would he thirst for milk instead? (laughs) I've just got this feeling that it might work out I mean, is that the cutest? It is adorable. I don't think it's too cute for American audiences. <laughs> I mean, this is perfect. I mean, there was, I feel like it was a couple of years ago, but there was a whole like batch of these kind of like this style animation, this style music aimed at kind of hipster audiences, kind yeah. of your Portland hipster audiences. I think very much of the... Um, it looks like the, uh, the... For those who live in the Pacific Northwest, it looks very much like the drawings and the animations that go along with the Sasquatch music festival oh, here. Oh, yes. Good call. And somehow this reminded me, and I could be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> for some reason bringing up Obamacare, don't worry, I swear this isn't a political thing, but um, when the states were setting up their uh, their marketplaces or whatever, yes. I'm pretty sure Portland's... Or Oregon. Or, or I'm sorry, yeah, of course, Oregon's um, uh, commercials for outreach to, yeah. get, to get young people into the system. I don't know if they were animated, but it still had that kind of cutesy, hipstery, uh, kind of cr- crunchy hipster vibe. Yeah, That's absolutely. Very, very similar type of, type of drawings. Yeah. Um, and and super cute. So why did they not release this in the U.S.? Well, I want an Oreo right now. I have a theory. I don't know for sure. But, like, I mean, I like this. I understand that it's cute. But at the end, like, the idea that, like, if you gave an Oreo to a shark and then it's no longer going to become, like, a creature, like, a predator, like, what is that going to do to the ecology of the ocean? You know it's what I true. mean? We need if the predator If Americans prey. care about one thing, it is ecology. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, so. it would mess up the whole, you know, just throw everything out of balance exactly. in the oceans and you would have chaos same basic argument against giving it to a vampire. <laughs> right, exactly. I just didn't That's a real apex predator. <laughs> Do you want to talk about this? This is a new one, right? This is for the Olympics? Yeah, and I just wanted to also as ever an opportunity to say how much I hate yeah, the Olympics. I know this. Are we just at, cer- at a certain point going to stop talking about commercials and just like make this just like a, a free for all platform of your? Well, I got a grumpy old man <laughs> bit coming up. <laughs> okay, that is going to put all of this to shame. All right, set this one up. This is for, and actually, who is the audience for this? Because this is, I think it's just for the Olympics, but yeah. it's towards Canadians. Like pumping up their Canadian yeah. athletes, we've seen. I've seen similar things like this in the U.S. It's um, it's kind of a a rah rah uh, bit about all of our, you know, our Olymp- our American Olympic team, and how great they are, and they're headed off to, you know, Sochi or Rio, wherever they're <laughs> going to, like win a bunch of medals. Um, but the whole premise of this is that uh, for the Summer Olympics, the Canadian team trains in this Arctic, you know, polar wasteland mm-hmm. and like they'll be over they'll be super like they'll be kind of like training at altitude i guess like then when you go to a warm place you're it's so amazing i have a little bit of i, I take issue with that whole strategy just because 
performing in super hot weather is its own type of hardship. Right. So I'm yeah. not sure that practicing. I know it's like I know it's kind of a goof. It's kind of a joke. But well, like, it doesn't seem to be like a joke. I don't think it's a joke at all. Well, they're not really perf- they're not really training in like. It looks like they're training on glaciers here. Yeah, I mean, I know it's not supposed to be literal, but I don't think it's a joke. Like, if there yeah, was any right. amount of, like, kind of, like, self-winkiness, I wouldn't hate that. I mean, you and I, we have our anti-Olympic bias. Um, but, no, this is, like, very much in the kind of spirit of, like, tough guy Nike yeah. ads, right? Like totally. When, when, it, when your body says stop, you go another mile. That's right. Just like, and then, like, close-ups of just, like, kind of shining hard bodies as they flip upside down off of a cliff or something like that like yeah i, I don't know is that basically it? no you described now, it precisely <laughs> let me so only in this one now it is visually pretty stunning because you have all of those shots except everything is done in this like bluish very dark feeling it's yeah. very much like winter it is, is actually coming. the film the the filmmaking is lovely yes yeah. and then what they do is to kind of juxtapose it is they have kind of like orange flames just kind of like licking around some sides of the rocks and stuff while they're doing it it's pretty good um now i can't remember Remember, is the um, is there a voiceover on this, is or is it just okay? Good, it's not just text. So let's take a listen to this. Serious. This is not Rio de Janeiro. The Brazilian sun is a world away. This is our beach. People jumping into icy water, the racing with wolves and caribou. Are. The cold steals our resolve. The wind thickens our skin So that in the heat of the fight All we feel Is the fire in our hearts There's the jumping off the cliff And yeah. the ice in our veins They show a diver diving off of a glacier Or an iceberg into freezing cold water I mean it's cool to look at yeah, and then the campaign is ice in our veins, hashtag Team Canada. So again, this is just kind of like, so the Canadian Olympic, I don't know anything about how the Olympics work. So the Canadian Olympic team has a certain amount of marketing budget, and they create ads like this just to get their own country pumped up about their team. Yeah, I don't know what the financial you know structuring of it is. I assume that a bribe to the IOC was involved somehow. <laughs> there, you got it in. You got it in. All right. Um, now here's... The IOC is going to put out a hit on me. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, uh, here's one for the Toyota... Uh, Corolla, I yes. believe. So if you're, as we know, let's just set the rules out. If you're a high roller, <laughs> you drive a Corolla. That's been a longstanding rule in our house. A, a rule in our That's house, right. right. This one I love because to me it is, um, at the very end, there's a twist that makes it not uniquely Canadian, but specifically Canadian. Yes. So I'm going to do a setup here. And then I'll play it, and we're going to have to kind of reveal the big twist at the end, I think, after we play it. So here's the scene. There's a a young woman, probably in her 20s, I guess, sitting on the... Older teenager or young adult. Yeah, sitting on the uh, front stairs of, you know, their apartment or house with uh, an older man who's clearly her father. And the audio is maybe going to be a little bit hard to hear, so you will hear him kind of say, so your mom tells me you're in love again, and the daughter says... Yes, and then the father says something along the lines of, "Is he different this time?" Is that what he says? Why don't you play it? I think you can okay, hear it. Okay, we'll, right. we'll talk. It. We'll talk through the visuals at the end. Mother tells me you think you're in love. Yep. Or is it just like all the others? Nope. And then a, a roller pulls up in front of the house. Dad looks at it. I like him. And gets up and goes in the house. Brushing off his pleated pants. Now the young woman gets in the car. The woman driving it. They kiss and pull away. Ah, so he's so. not just like the others. It's a lady. Now here's the key, though. We can't leave out the tagline at the end that is only written on the screen, which is Toyota Corolla. One thing you can count on. To me, that's huge. That changes a lot about this commercial. I was doing a little bit of poking around. Some of the best research I found on it was from. Uh, let's see here. Um, 
a student in Professor Portwood Stacer's Queer Identity and Popular Culture course at NYU. The student's name was apparently Claire Mahaney, and she wrote kind of a little research blog about this. Oh, cool. And um, I I really th- – I was watching this, me personally. I'll give my opinion, then I'll, I'll hand the mic over to Claire, as it were. But, like, I was watching. I was like, okay – this commercial is clearly a bit old. Let's see. This was posted to YouTube back in 2009. So I bet you this thing is like probably like 10 years old now. Um, And I do think the tone of using, for lack of a better word, using gay people in commercials has changed now because it is a little bit more normalized than it was just 10 years ago. And I am not a huge fan of using it kind of as a twist ending or mm-hmm. a punchline. So we of. talked a little I bit about like this it to be more with the, um, the, I think it was Audi, right? Or the Audi or Lexus. I think it was Audi, the luxury car where it's played for sort of for laughs that the guy is coming out to his dad right. as a not BMW driver. Yeah. And I found that one problematic for its own reasons. And people wrote in to say I was being a little bit too, uh, too unfunny, uh, too serious about that. But in this particular one, like, I think it really does show it shows the change in tone just in the past 10 years or, or so about like, oh, the twist is she's a lesbian as opposed to just being like, oh, we just have characters in TV shows and commercials now who happen to be lesbians or happen to be gay. And that doesn't have to be like a punchline. So whatever. Maybe I'm taking that a little bit uh, too seriously. But then the tagline, one thing you can count on really changes that because now the that makes it seem like the audience for this commercial, the people that – um, we are supposed to associate with is not the woman getting in the car kissing the other woman, but the father, the the guy who doesn't like change, who doesn't like in this case implied cultural change. I think you might be you might be over reading a little bit too much into it. I think change is happening, but one thing that the dad knows is that whoever's driving this car is a sensible person. Mm-hmm. Now, he assumes it's a man because he is traditional or or lacks imagination or whatever. But I don't think it extends to, in this crazy world where ladies be kissing ladies, at least this car still makes sense. I mean, I think it's kind of more, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a more muted message than that. Maybe I'm blowing out of proportion with my um, with the, my emphasis on this right now, but I do think that that tagline is very telling. I think that that changed the commercial for me because I I was associating with the <laughs> – I know that I'm not that young, but I was associated with the young people in the car representing the times changing. And clearly with that tagline, no, 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 we're supposed to be associating with the guy who's seeing the world change around him. I don't know. I mean, it it was a for for this to have aired ten years ago. I don't think it would have aired in the U.S., which is one of the things that I liked about it as, as a Canada commercial. I think it's it is very telling that it was a Canadian a Canadian spot. Um, do you think this would have aired? I mean, ha, what, what kind of reception would this have gotten in the U.S.? Well, according to Claire Mahaney, a student, I believe, in Professor Portwood Stacer's Queer Identity and Public Culture class at NYU, um, she says that um, according to some commenters, she was trying to track it down. The Toyota Corolla commercial with the lesbian characters aired for a short time in Canada, at which point it was considered too controversial, and the woman in the driver's seat was replaced by a punk rock boy oh, no. instead of wanting to continue advertising actively to the gay market. Toyota's ad company pulled the ad and replaced it with something less controversial to maintain a consumer base. Well, so there's two things that's interesting about that. One, that's a bummer uh, that it that it changed. And two, her read, and I guess Toyota's read, was that it was marketing to a gay audience. I know. I, or, but inc- she, or at least being inclusive of a gay audience. I'm going, that was the quote I pulled, but I was actually looking for, it was, her piece was a little confusing because she grouped it together with a uh, Renault, is that how you say that? A Renault uh, ad that also featured gay characters, and I kind of didn't watch that, didn't want to get us too far. I mean, it's supposed to be about Canadian commercials, not uh, social messages in commercials. Um, but she did say something um, in the Corolla commercial. It has a very different uh, – she said something that was kind of a nod to what I was saying, that it's still kind of – you can count on something kind of traditional. I can't see it right now, but something that's a little bit more stable or traditional that we're associating with the guy, I thought. I, I could be wrong. I don't want to put words in Claire's in Claire's uh, mouth. Well, but. we'll post her, uh, her, her essay to the website – to the Facebook page, rather – 
Uh, let us know what you think, Ad Council. Yeah, and just for the record, I'm not saying that this is a bad commercial or that we should all be offended by this commercial. Um, I was just surprised at that tagline because I felt like suddenly I was like, oh, I was totally misunderstanding kind of who you were talking to there. All right, what else? Well, we could get to either the Molson or the Tim Hortons, which is really the apparently the only... It seems to be the bulk of the ads that Canadians okay. actually watch. Um, it might be worth just playing this Canadian direct insurance ad, oh, okay. um, just because it's a hardcore Canadian accent. Okay, I haven't heard. I haven't heard this one yet. So it's a, a man sitting at a desk in a sort of drab office across from his insurance agent. I can't believe this. Why does my insurance cost so much? Why? You don't ask why. I'm asking you why. But you don't ask why. You never ask why. Why is not something you ask. Hey, Perry, this guy just asked why his insurance costs so much. But you don't ask why. I know. That's what I told him. Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> <laughs> He says the end of insurance, as you know. That's a great ad. Yeah. That's hilarious. I love that. All right. Let's talk Tim Hortons. All right. Let's have a double-double. <laughs> All right. So I haven't watched any of these. What's up with the Tim Hortons ads? Well, they're ubiquitous and kind of like, um, i trying to think of a good analog for, uh, for a U.S. company. They are all over the map in terms of their campaigns. Um, you know, they've done all sorts of, of ads from, uh, uh, you know, a per kind of, I mean, McDonald's might be the best, the best analog or, or any commercial where there's like lots of different types of campaigns. So they have, you know, the, the person behind the counter, a smiling person behind the counter describing the food. They have a whole, these narrative arcs that go, that are about the company, the people who use the products. Like what was the one that we saw? Who, who were the two famous people? John Goodman and uh, somebody. And I think Megan Mullally. Uh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So this one, um, this one's just very cute. And I love the way it's, it's a very standard um, girl behind the counter talking about the food, but they, they, they let her break a little bit and, and you kind of, kind of get a little peek behind the curtain and I don't know how, you know, how choreographed it is, but it just plays very well and very Canadian to me. Okay. Let's take a listen to this. <laughs> okay. Let me have a water. Sorry, guys. Hey, Canada. I'm Shelza from Woodbridge introducing our new croissant sandwiches. This is a turkey jalapeno jack. We prepare it fresh for you with a smoked turkey breast, jalapeno Montreux jack cheese, lettuce, tomato, and honey mustard sauce on a buttery, flaky croissant. Goes great with our freshly prepared harvest vegetable soup. Let's have lunch together. Oh, let's <laughs> let's do lunch, Canada. Oh, she's adorable. She's super adorable. She's clearly um, English. Um, main, although she's a very um, good and fluent English speaker, it's obvious the idiom is not familiar to her, and mm -hmm. she has a little bit of an accent. And they list her as being a team member, Tim Hortons team member since 2011. And I, you know, who knows if it's real? But the way it's presented is she's a real person. She's a very attractive young woman, a real person who um, is just sort of speaking from the heart. And I think. It uh, sends a message of inclusiveness that would be rare yeah. to see in this country. Yeah. Um, I, maybe it's just kind of um, looking up north with uh, Canada colored glasses <laughs> or something like that. But With maple leaf, leaf yeah, shaped glasses. Yes. I mean, it does seem like Canada's multiculturalism seems a little less forced. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but that might, I don't have anything that I don't have anything I can back that up with. It seems like it just might have been in like multiculturalism integrated into media and, yeah. and commercials and, and stuff. Maybe a little country. bit early. Yeah, exactly. They seem much more comfortable and at ease with their First Nations uh, sort of mm -hmm. integration and, and legacy. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, that, I mean, my, my, my perception as an American is that that's true. Do you want to play one more of these? Yeah. My name's David Moore. I'm from Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, and I was a student here at the University of Glasgow. Scotland's great. The land, the people, the history. But you don't know how much you miss home until you're away from it. So my roommate James and I decided to create a little piece of Canada. We called our room Caribou House. In fact, it became known as the unofficial Canadian Embassy here on campus. But for some reason, it still didn't feel completely Canadian yet. So I wrote home to Tim Hortons for a little help. Tim you know, there's some things shit. that just say home. I see. They sent him a bunch of coffee and stuff. He wakes up one morning and 
uh, all of his roommates are making the uh, the Tim Hortons coffee that was sent to him. Yeah, that's nice. But I I do think that it's um, Tim Hortons really every Canadian you've ever met. I mean, it is kind of a religion for them. Yes. And I also think that being a Canadian is sort of like being a, is sort of a, a religion as well. Yeah. That's why I think the funniest joke in um, Pitch Perfect 2 is for anyone who hasn't watched that movie, why did you just skip ahead 30 seconds? Uh, but they, at the World Acapella Championships where each country sends a team, mm-hmm. the Canadian team is just like everything about their performance is just obsessed with the Canadian flag. And it's just like all Canada flag all the time. And I do think that that's a little bit of a sort of a, that's a pretty funny joke to me because I think that is kind of the perception that Canada has created with mm-hmm. their, you know, with all their little flags on their backpacks. Right. We get it. We can't put our flag on our backpack. We because don't we're get, awful. Because we don't want to get murdered. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's kind of the thing. Like, I'm not a huge fan of like making Canada jokes. I feel like can people, people think they're really clever and funny when they make fun of Canada or whatever. <laughs> and like, and we have Canadian friends who are just like, will not stand that at all. And I, and I understand why. They've heard the same dumb jokes a million times over. And also, especially people like you and I, like we love Canada. We would live there if we could, right? Yeah. Like I would totally live in, like I guess Vancouver might be one of my favorite cities, like yeah. for, for what I've There's seen so of it. There's so many great cities. Yeah. Um, so I understand like if I lived there, I would be super proud as well. But when I say being Canadian is kind of like a religion, I think because we – my experience with Canadians are, is Canadians who've moved down to the United States. And so, therefore, they have this pride in this place they used to be. And so they know, like, let's say, every famous person who's a Canadian or secretly yeah. Canadian. But I will say, and you're about to play this one for Molson, mm-hmm. uh, Canadian, there, so much of so many of the ads that I looked at uh, for this for the research for, for today were, uh, were explicitly about being can't being canadian i mean mm-hmm. that one from the like the guy who goes to have a to goes to school in scotland is a good example right, right. there's a one there's one also from molson that's famous that's called the rant where a guy it's uh i think it's yeah i think, I think i'm just molson. gonna go ahead yeah, and play this and play if you don't mind one. this was actually the little clip that we uh, played at the top of the show comes from this it's a uh it's a guy you don't you never see the audience but clearly it's a guy uh walking out onto a stage and just addressing uh addressing some unseen audience i think it's america oh that's true yeah. i'm uh, i'm not a lumberjack or a fur trader and i don't live in an igloo or eat blubber or own a dog sled and i don't know jimmy sally or susie from canada although i'm certain they're really really nice i have a prime minister not a president i speak english and french not american and i pronounce it about not a boot I can proudly sew my country's flag on my backpack. I believe in peacekeeping, not policing. Diversity, not assimilation. And that the beaver is a truly proud and noble animal. The tooth is a hat. The Chesterfield is a coach. And it is pronounced said, not I feel like that. I remember that commercial. I feel like that's kind of the um, the uh, keystone of their "I Am Canadian" yeah. campaign. It was right? a massive hit. That commercial, right? Um, I guess he's. I, I mean, is he addressing America because the crowd loves it, and you know, there's all this, you know, Canadian tapestry around the stage. I think he's addressing Canadians. He's it's he's cheerleading Canadians, but it's directed externally right it's directed south i do think canadians say a boot i just don't think we should make fun <laughs> of them for it like that's the difference like i mean I've, I've heard canadians talk i mean not everybody talks the same way anybody could make fun of the way i talk obviously um but i've I'm heard sure there boot. are some regions of canada sure, where yeah it's must a be stronger a accent than others. zed though I, that i just i that's just wrong I mean, really? I know. I mean, I, that's one thing where I just I can't be. I think, are uh, we as America alone? Are the United States alone in the English speaking world in saying Z, not Z? I don't know. The British say Z. I'm. Pretty I would sure. assume. Uh, yeah, like uh, Australians probably say Z. Probably. I would guess. Yeah. I just it, to me, I just can't get my head around that. That's so odd. I didn't. I didn't misspeak, and I think you probably caught me. Because actually, we didn't use a clip from that commercial. We used a clip from another commercial, same campaign. I don't yeah. have to play it here. I don't think, unless you had it that in the one's list. more about um, a Canadian running into some obnoxious Americans, some ugly Americans yeah. who are 
being boorish about a Canadian stereotypes. Yeah, in like an office place. And boy, it really makes you hate America, that ad. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Can I just play it? Because I mean, I don't know if it's too visual. Like the, You'll hear everything that goes on, but it takes place, it looks like, in, in a, a bar. Wor- it, oh, oh, no, no in a workplace, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. There's, a, there's another one. Oh, okay, bar. yeah. This is the workplace one. And there's just like a, a guy, to me, like, actually, I'm glad we're playing this one because this really does make me understand why I would both be very proud if I was an American living in the United States and like angry all the time because you probably do have this conversation like a million times a day. And there's just some guy in an office place and then one of his, you know, what we assume is one of his co-workers uh, who's like just a little, you know, they're both wearing suits or whatever, white collar jobs, but the, the co-worker is a little bit oily, a little pointy nosy, a little just like he gives you that that just kind of scummy kind yeah. of sleek uh, vibe or whatever. And he just thinks he's so funny making all these Canada jokes to his coworker. So I hear you're from Canada. Yeah. I How's know. it going, eh? <laughs> Do you want a donut? <laughs> I thought all they had up in Canada were uh, lumberjacks and curlers. <laughs> Is there running water up there? <laughs> Where's your tube, eh? <laughs> New dude beauty. He just grabs his jacket and, like, kind of attacks him. He, and, he jack- grabs his jacket and pulls it over his head like you would a, a hockey jersey yeah, in a hockey fight. Uh, that's and right. And pulls it the, over the guy's that's head. The and, and, and then his, the other co-workers start holding the Canadian back. Who The Canadian, by the way, this whole time, as you hear, doesn't say a word, but does smile politely the whole time, just, like, eating it. But you can tell it's just, like, getting to him more and more. Yeah. But like a Canadian, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't waste words. And then when the time comes, you know what? I've had enough of this guy. And then he just, like, starts wailing on him. I do think it's interesting that Molson, which has, you know, it's so strongly identified itself with uh, Canada as a brand. I mean, it's it's like almost part of the identity, if, or that's certainly their, their, their pitch is that they're part of the yeah. national identity. And I think it's interesting that one of the ways they tell that story is in opposition to America. Yeah. Because we don't do that. That's a good point. Right? And that was for an American audience, or no, was it not? No, I'm pretty sure these are for, these are Canadian. Oh, ads. okay. Well, then that makes I sense. I mean, why would you, why would you say, why would that be relevant or appealing to an American audience? Because I feel like if you're in Canada, you're not going to work with Americans all the time who are being obnoxious like this. I bet a lot of Canadians have worked in the States. Yeah, maybe just have worked in the States and they're I back bet up this north. Re- I bet this resonates with lots of Canadians. Because I, I assume, like, I see this and I'm like, oh, this speaks to a very specific experience, which is the Canadian living in the United States putting up with conversations like that, that day in, in and US. day out. Oh, that's interesting. Huh. Um, so you have some other Molson ads here, too. Now, we've played a couple. Or do, should we play all of these? I haven't seen these. Uh, the one I was thinking of in the bar is this one called Pet Beaver. Okay. Let's take a listen to this one. Canadian, please. Right, so Ooh, Canadians Mr. sit at a bar. Canadian. Mr. Canuck. <laughs> Two obnoxious Americans. Where's your pet beaver? <laughs> Gets his pet beaver out. Right here. Attack. I am Canadian. The pet beaver is much bigger than I think most people picture beavers. He sets him on the bar and he's very intimidating and then he starts attacking the obnoxious American man. And I don't think that ad is all that great, but I do think it kind of speaks to this this idea that I'm I'm trying to get at of like Molson is it's defining itself both as what a Canadian at what what it means to be Canadian, but also very clearly in opposition to what it means to be American. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the two guys who were jerks in that commercial were like they were dressed like they were like going to a country club in the eighties. You know, they yeah, had like the right. sweater yeah. vest and this like sort of eighties hair, and you know, they looked like they looked like the like the jerks in um uh what's that uh. Eddie Murphy movie with Dan Aykroyd. Trading, oh, trading places. places. Yeah. yeah, right. They right. look like the country club jerks. I'm trying movies. to think of an American commercial that, I mean, there are obviously tons of American commercials that are very, like, very American, right? Right. But Truck are, commercials, r- beer commercials. Beer commercials. I mean, Budweiser has literally changed the shape of the, or the, the, 
design on their can to say America this summer. Yet it would be very dicey territory for the United States, or I'm sorry, for a commercial in the United States to single out another country and kind of like make fun of them. Because, well, first of all, depending on the country, you could really get into some racist shit. Um, but aside from that, like certainly I've, I can't think of any uh, U.S. commercials that take shots at Canadians. Not at Canadians. Or I think occasionally, occasionally you'll see someone take a shot at the French. Yeah. They're, they're, the French are still a pretty safe target for an advertiser in this country because it, I think, doesn't feel that racist to people. And the French have been a punching bag. You know, they've been a punchline for Americans for a long time. Right. Okay. So do you want me to play this one, uh, Bubba? Let's get Bubba. Let's okay. just, let's wrap this up with the code because this is a great one. This is another like what it means to be Canadian. This was one of the three part series and it's just a list of things that it means to that, what it is about Canadian identity. And some of the jokes are a little visual, but I think you'll get most of it from the audio. Okay. Let's take a listen. There's an unwritten code in Canada. If you live by it, chances are you've left your coat on some pile and knew it wouldn't get stolen. You've never made a move on your buddy's girlfriend. You know that on a road trip, the strongest bladder determines the pit stops. You've kept all your hockey trophies. You've replaced someone's pint if you knock theirs over. If your buddy's in trouble, you've got his back. You clap for the dancer even though she shouldn't be a dancer. You've used a blowtorch to curve your stick. You've used your arm as an ice scraper. And you've grown a beard in the postseason. This is our beer, Molson Canadian. This is a great ad campaign. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It's it's Canadian pride. It's also uh, taking shots at America. It's also taking shots at just the cheap shots Americans take at, at Canada. The, all of these are great. I love yeah. them all. And I love the coherence of, it, of this ad campaign. It seems like, I mean, based on your links here, it seems like we go on all day with things in the, uh, you know, I am Canadian Absolutely. campaign. And it's so interesting. I, I do think that they're disproportionately ads aimed at Canadians about that uh, take what it means to be Canadian as their pitch or their jumping off point. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Well, let's uh, let's leave Canada there for now and move on to our, next, <laughs> to our next segment. Um, oh, I forgot to tell people this is coming up, but uh, I'm glad you stuck around. Um, so, Vives, you found, I guess, what I would call the best op-ed ever written? Well, what I like to say about this op-ed is... We're not the only media commentators out there talking and thinking about commercials. We have a very on-point op-ed by one Mr. Lon Allen for the San Luis Obispo Tribune, <laughs> who posted last uh, last month on June 27th. And I'm just going to give it a read. I don't. I honestly okay. don't think I can improve upon it. So, uh, what's the headline here? The headline is TV commercials can be entertaining, which frankly should be our tagline. <laughs> yes, they should, and we should have this guy on the show. Now, he is a man... I don't think we're, he's going to want to come on after the reading <laughs> I'm about to give. Just a quick preview. Okay, so this is a man... I mean, we read this article. We have to explain this a little bit. Like, this is as if Abe Simpson... <laughs> wrote into his local newspaper. Now, the thing is, um, what's the name of the writer on this? Lon Allen. This is not just a letter to the editor. He has a regular column. As yeah. a matter of fact, if you click on his byline, it takes you to a page that shows you his regular column, but they didn't format it right, so his photo is just a big picture of his chest. <laughs> but then when you back out a little bit, you see that, I mean, he looks exactly like the guy who would write something like this. He's elderly. He's white. He's bald. He's got he his looks, Hawaiian shirt tucked into his jeans. He looks happy but slightly confused he's got big glasses on and uh and what's again the the subject line or the i'm sorry the headline tv commercials can be entertaining <laughs> and uh you picked out some music for this i'll play this and then you'll you'll give a reading of this i don't have a digital video recording device I got rid of it several months ago. I haven't missed it. To this date, there has not been a single TV show that I said to myself, I think I'll record that. That's fine with me. But commercials are another matter. I've always watched them. At times, thinking they were better than the show I was watching along with them. Ever since the rules were relaxed on how many minutes you could have within a primetime hour, we viewers have gotten the shaft. Although I generally ignore the ads on television and use the commercial break to read and do something else, I do pay <laughs> attention to some. He's all over the place. Sorry. Go ahead. I 
especially like clever taglines, such as this one from Subaru. <laughs> Love. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. It's a good tagline. Another favorite is from the tire store, which reminds us, prices are born here, raised elsewhere. And I find comfort in this one from Michelin Tires, safe when new, safe when worn. I like commercials with children in them. <laughs> Probably the only commercial that really has an impact on me are the ones by Folgers Coffee. I suddenly want to get up and put on a pot of coffee. I can almost smell it coming from the TV screen. My favorite Folgers ad is the one at Christmas that opens with the son coming home from college who slips into the kitchen. By the time the coffee is ready, his mom is coming down the stairs to greet him. Is that all he slips into? I think that commercial is why I enjoy coffee with my adult daughters, (laughs) my brother, and close friends. Like everyone else I talk to, drug commercials make me instantly angry, as do political ads. The ads that irritate me the most are those from Charter Spectrum TV because of their frequency and jingles, especially the rap tune. (laughs) Most recently, I've come to enjoy an ad from Volkswagen featuring a dog and his master asleep on the couch in front of a fan. Each is dreaming of being out on the road in their dream machine. And finally, for me, a statement on how addicted our society has become over this whole digital mess is an ad from AT&T where a family is freaking out because they can't get on the internet. The tagline is, keep calm, your internet is on. I think that he uh, should be the new patron saint of After These Messages. To Listen, I don't like to be cruel. I bet you this is the sweetest guy in the world. Sure I would love probably to have the opportunity to hang out with him. I'm not saying that ironically, but this is a hilarious journey into the internet if you uh, if you guys want to kind of check that out. I wouldn't mind... And if you don't already take the San Luis Obispo Tribune at home. Right, exactly. So the name of his column is called About the Colony... Um, and I just want to read a couple of other headlines that I saw that I thought were pretty good. Um, he writes about he basically writes about all kinds of things. Um, here's uh, one he wrote recently: <laughs> As president, Trump would become commander in rude. Um, let's see here. Hot uh, take. Hot take. Let's see. I know there are some more in here. I know that I should have prepped this. Uh, we, uh, the town needs another downtown plan. Um, fondly remember the good times. A hearty oh. laugh is good medicine. <laughs> a Tuscadero hungry for new restaurants. How a smart, how a smart phonophobe became a devoted convert. Anyway. He's, sounds like he's pro weed. A Tuscadero's ban on marijuana Celebration of wine is a double standard. No, he hates weed. He just he, loves wine. No, no wait, he hates wait, weed, but uh, he also hates wine. Yeah, sorry. I messed up my joke because I was looking for this. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind. All right, that means it's time to check in with you guys. That's the Ad Council. Genevieve, what has have people been sending us? What hath the Ad Council wrought? <laughs> yes. Um, we've got a bunch of good ones today, as always. Um, I'll start with this from listener Andy, um, who posted this uh, Mountain Dew Kickstart. We've talked about the Kickstart campaign. Of course, they made a sure. big splash. Uh, I think it was, was it the Super Bowl with mm-hmm. the yeah. Puppy Monkey Baby. Um, this is one called Kickstart, and I'm not sure that it makes a lot of sense to play it because I don't believe there's any audio okay. that's useful. Well, Kickstart is the name of the product, so Freak Chain is the name of the Excuse commercial. Me, the the name think. of the yeah. commercial is Freak Chain, but um, why don't you play it and I'll narrate it just because I can't remember all the things Okay, that I wouldn't mind seeing it so, anyway. So uh, a guy opens up a Kickstart, takes a drink, now it makes him do a crazy dance, and then a mosquito bites him, sucks his blood, now the mosquito's doing a crazy dance. Frog eats the mosquito. Frog's doing a crazy dance. Mm. Fish eats a frog. Fish doing a crazy dance. Fish gets caught. A cat eats the fish. Now the cat is doing a crazy dance. And now a guy walks into his kitchen and sees his cat doing a crazy dance. And I, I included this because I like what Andy had to say about it, which was by the State Farm Never mm. logic, mm. 
uh, never letting go logic, uh, the guy's going to eat the cat, which is totally true. Yes, I feel somewhat differently about it, though. I mean, the the never let go one, I've talked about it a million times, so I don't want to beat a dead horse here. But it's very clear, like, this man has set up a pattern in his life to say one thing and then always do the opposite. There's no reason to believe that this man in this commercial is going to eat the cat. Yes, if the, I mean, if the commercial, I mean, there, this could just be the end of the chain, in this case, it could be the end of the chain. It's not like they've set up a standard where this is going to necessarily go on forever. Whereas the other guy, we know his track record. We I know see. he's going to go back on his word. We don't know anything about this guy who walks in at the end of this commercial. It's the first time we've seen him. We don't know that he's an elf-like cat eater. I guess that's true. I do think that the commercial um, has set a certain expectation. Uh, I would have preferred if the thing that had come through the door had been... An elf, actually, that I would like that, that been a, would have been a way better. Can you commercial. imagine if Elf walked or through the an door? Elf? An Elf? I don't know. I just thought of it, <laughs> it was an, not the Elf. No, an alien life form. No, but Elf. Who? I mean, for the young ones out there, if you don't know, Elf, uh, the 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 star of his own TV show in the eighties, was an alien life form who also ate cats. Like, we presume he off, he always threatened to eat cats. I yeah. don't think we ever saw him eat a cat. So, you know, I think that that would be brilliant. If they got the right to have Elf come in there and then they do a close-up on yeah. Elf's face and he gets a little grin on it or something, that would be awesome. This, I understand why, who wrote that? Mike wrote this? Uh, who, who wrote in? Yeah. Uh, Andy. Andy. Like, I understand why Andy sent this in. Um, and my brain sort of did a little bit of the same thing. But, like, if there was a close-up of this guy's face looking a little bit knowing or something, this could have had a really dark end. I just think that it just ends kind of lamely, frankly. They needed some punchline. Yeah, they need an elf. And there wasn't a punchline. And so, therefore, we're kind of like, is the punchline that the guy's going to eat the cat? Mountain Dew, take a note. Get an elf. Um, also from listener Andy, um, he was responding to our show about pharmaceuticals from last week. Um, and he says, I shared this guy with you guys back in November for the That's Gross topic. And Andy, I'm so sorry. I never saw that that share. So I'm glad that you resent it. Um, but he notes, it also fits right in the wheelhouse of pharmaceutical commercials. I find it much more disturbing than the um, OIC ad, the um, uh, uh, opioid-induced constipation yeah. ad, which we've talked about as being gross. And I will say, uh, why don't you give this a play? Okay. And it, I, but nothing that you will hear can do justice to the... Uh, explicitness that they have which with they are showing the shingles on this guy's face his oh, face okay. is covered in very literal red bl bloody looking blisters oh, all God. over his like forehead and eye and he's just like walking through his normal work day dealing with shingles okay jesus christ yeah hey mark how are you feeling don't ask Oh my God! That's what this shingles looks what like. Can be like and I'm sorry, maybe somebody listens with shingles. I'm not trying to shingle shame. No, I just feel I bad for you. This would happen to me. If you had chickenpox, the shingles virus is already inside you. I did have chickenpox. One in three people will it get gets shingles even scarier. in their lifetime. I know he must feel uncomfortable with that rash around his eye. Your immune system weakens as you get older. And it loses its ability to keep the shingles virus in check. Shit. I'm going to go back to the eye doctor tomorrow. It's pretty close to my eye. God damn the it. The shingles rash can last up to 30 days. I don't know how you do it. Don't wait until you or someone you care about develop shingles. He just looks so sad Talk and depressed. And I know. Today about I feel like this could fit into so many of our shows. It's sad. It's drug-related. It's horrifying. It's just so sad. It's office plays. Yeah, you're right. This, thing, this one rang all the bells. What do you think of the woman in the office with him? She clearly, like, it, it's a weird thing. They're interviewing. I don't think I've ever seen an ad like this for a pharmaceutical thing where we also get, like, it's almost like a documentary. It's like an episode of The Office, kind of, which is a mockumentary. Yeah, but um, it's sort of filmed in that style. Like, we see, you know, the camera's following him. He passes her in the little kitchenette in the office or whatever, and then she says, how are you feeling? Okay, that's natural. But then he starts talking to the camera. Then at one point, the camera people decide that they're going to do a one-on-one -on -one with his office mate, who's like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how he deals with that. I don't think I've ever seen a commercial that kind of does that. No, Talk you're to right. A third I, party. I wonder if it does, if it is uh, consciously borrowing from 
from the office because it, it is, you're exactly right, that that's the look and feel of it without the sort of snarkiness. Yeah. And also, I wonder if, uh, what's the year on this? Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I almost wonder if this is like the real uh, inspiration for that Skittles ad we talked about. Ooh. Remember where the guy yes. is like kind of like it's a very serious kind of documentary about a guy who's got some sort of Skittles disease that has turned his entire uh, skin, his entire epidermis into Skittles. And it's like it's this is the exact tone of that ad. Anyway, that's uh, that is uh, disturbing. And again, my revulsion at uh, this is not out of cruelty. It's about the fact that I'm sure this is going to happen to me. Uh, yeah. So uh, speaking of uh, speaking of uh, drug ads, uh, listener Jessica sent in a note about I don't know if you recall, but I said that we we listened to that Mirapex ad for mm-hmm. restless leg syndrome, yeah, and I, I thought remember. it was hilarious that one of the potential side effects was increased urge to go gamble. Mm-hmm. And she had a little bit of information about why that is, which I thought was interesting. Uh, the side effects she writes the side effects of Mirapex restless leg syndrome. Uh, that included increased gambling or sexual urges is because the drug targets your dopamine receptors. Uh, dopamine is tied to the, to movement, but also reward-seeking behaviors. And actually, Radiolab did a segment about a woman who took medication for her Parkinson's and developed a serious gambling addiction. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's a real thing. You know, that reminds me. I meant to pull this for ad counsel, and I totally forgot. So we'll just do that thing where I try to remember it and get everything wrong. But um, listener Rachel, who works in the medical field um, in, uh, in Minnesota, um, sent me a whole bunch of notes oh, in yeah. reaction could, to a lot of the... Maybe we could uh, talk about those next week. Yeah, you want to talk about them next week? Yeah. Because, I mean, the one thing... I do want to address one right now. This was the one that I really found fascinating. Um, and I think that you had said maybe somebody else wrote in about this. I'm not sure. But we were very surprised that these antidepressant ads have the um, disclaimer or whatever, the side effect may be suicide. And you're kind of like, why are may you... May increase risk of suicide. Incre- yeah, exactly. So no one else wrote in about this, but her, but her point was one that I had heard before. Uh, which which is apparently when you are you know really depressed and you are just like you know laying in bed or whatever you don't have the energy or the 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 oomph to do anything but then you take these drugs and they just give you enough get up and go not to feel better or to break through your depression but sadly if you're having suicidal tendencies you will act on them because Otherwise, you might be so depressed that, sure, you don't want to continue living, but you don't have the energy to kill yourself. But then you take these drugs, and if they don't get you through that hoop, it could give you – I mean, that is such a scary thing to think about. Yeah, it's a terrifying um, sort of logical – when you think about it, it's it's a perfectly logical conclusion or or outcome of something that raises your – might raise your energy level or or break through a little bit and get you – help you break the lethargy problem of depression, mm-hmm. but not the sadness. So yeah. that would just be so horrifying. Yeah, that is just... We've been very so, fortunate so in our lives to not yeah. be, not have um, a ton of experience with people with serious depression. So mm-hmm. I'm sure for anyone who's dealt with that in their own life or their loved one's lives, it is horrifying. Um, speaking of drug ads... Listener Tyler wrote, uh, why do drug ads always have some verbiage or text telling us to see our ad in Golf Digest? I can't Mm. imagine they think I'm actually going to seek out a a promo in their magazine to learn more about their product. Mm. I was thinking about that, and I have a feeling that it's because doctors read golf digest right oh good thinking i thought it was well kind of old people or people waiting in the in the waiting room of a no, i think it's targeting doctors you're absolutely right yeah but the, the and then the doctor goes into golf digest and maybe it's one of those like kind of fold out ads with tons of information or something like that that you can't pack into a tv commercial maybe yeah i don't huh. know I, I don't know it's also just multi-platform advertising. yeah that's really interesting um listener tyler uh also sent in something that we would be incredibly remiss not to play which is the latest in the colonel sanders news god damn it that'll never stop <laughs> why am i swearing i just sort of feel like yeah I mean, this is you know what colonel sanders is what pays our bills it's what pays the bills exactly <laughs> um he says kfc seems to be openly in on the joke at this point god i should hope so um at least in light of this gaffigan colonel spot uh i for one am looking forward to gary Busey's tenure as the colonel so oh, why don't you play be, this that'll be jumping the the chicken leg but okay so this is another gaffigan one yeah so um it's a uh, it looks like it's the kfc headquarters um and for some reason the colonel storms into an executive's office with a bucket of chicken okay. and good the colonel morning. is gaffigan good morning oh no colonel i refuse to 
to let you take away KFC's Nashville hot chicken with its delicious spicy smoky flavor. Well, it was always just a limited time offer, Colonel. Uh, well, uh, no more Nashville hot chicken, no more Colonel. <laughs> I mean, what are you gonna do? It's not like you can find another Colonel, right? <laughs> So he turns around and there's a, a wall of uh, other colonel candidates mm-hmm. on the wall. And Gary Busey seems to be in the lead, but I wanted to point out who the other people in this on this wall were for the next colonel. You've got Gary Busey, Tim Meadows, um, a golden retriever, um, <laughs> Tori Spelling. I think that's the situation. Oh yeah, oh, uh, and Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert Godfrey, and who's the guy in the bottom right? I don't recognize him. It's I recognize kind of a heavy him. set white guy with a scruff. Yeah, I recognize him, but I can't place him. Uh, oh, so I thought that uh, who who wrote in uh, Trevor Tyler? Uh, I thought he was just making a, a Busey joke because it seems like the type of character they would get. But no, they would seriously be. I mean, of these, who would you most want to see as the colonel? Honestly. Godfried. Really? Over Tim Meadows? Give Tim Meadows the work. Well, the thing is... I think Tim Meadows would be a great colonel. Uh, but the thing is, I think... I like Tim Meadows too much. I mean, that's kind of why. I mean, so I think that um, Busey is just over the top. Like, Busey is kind of like... I Listen, I still love... Like, I used to love that uh, reality TV show, Busey and Me, or whatever it was called. Or I'm with Busey. Yeah. Good name. Um, but it's just kind of like... Busey so quickly became like the... And I know I use this way too much, but like the ironic mustache or the, the bacon joke yeah. of, of celebrities, sort of. I'm just kind of like, okay, yeah. He leaned into it too hard. Yeah, and also just kind of like a bunch of... I don't, I don't know, whatever. I'm just kind of sick of the Busey thing. Um, and then uh, you have the other people up there, like, but I don't want Tim Meadows because I actually really like Tim Meadows. I would like to watch Tim Meadows and something. You don't like really like Daryl Hammond? You don't really like Norm MacDonald? I love Norm MacDonald. But I think that at this point in this ad campaign, like, it's just... I mean, I do think the ad campaign is pretty good. I think it's pretty funny that it became self-referential here, that it became aware. Yeah, play play Gaffigan's last line. Okay, so he turns around and he looks at these. Um, he looks at these uh, seven photos taped up that says "Next Colonel." Really? I mean, I haven't even been doing it that long. <laughs> I love That's that he drops funny. character. Right, that's right, right. Great. That is pretty good. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I think that that's why I think Gottfried is the perfect one because he's goofy enough, like um, a Busey or something. But he's not overdone like Busey is. Like True. I just think too many. Unfunny it would be funny too are, to hear you know, the the, the signature Gottfried voice trying to do a Colonel voice. Exactly, and you're also just getting so damn far away from it. Yeah, you're just like yeah, it's like a clone of a clone of a yeah. clone. Yeah, that's my imitation of, uh, that was not good. We'll cut that. <laughs> um, all right. One more, and then we can wrap this up. I know it's kind of probably been a, a long one. This is from listener Ian, and he says, I want to share a couple of things regarding car innovations. So remember we talked about mm-hmm. uh, needless or sometimes not so needless innovations. Uh, and the first thing is that those push-button transmissions that we we talked about, I think it was from a Dodge 56 Dodge. Um, are actually oh, yeah. still around. Aston Martin does it in, in, uh, in most, if not all, of their models. It's just not something that us middle-class people would see that often. So that mm. would explain why I had never seen it. That's interesting. Uh, and he said, secondly, there's something kind of interesting in the car world. Mercedes-Benz is typically the first manufacturer to introduce innovations that become mainstream. For example, in 1998, Mercedes had the first ever keyless entry push-button hmm. vehicle. Now, like, you know, any, you know, middle middle of the road car has that. Uh, you can typically look at the top of the line Mercedes and expect to see many of its features to become commonplace in the car industry in about a decade. So uh, if you are fortunate enough to have or know someone with a Mercedes, take a look at it and tell us what's next. The crazy thing to me is that the um, keyless entry, the push button entry has gone so far as, and I could be wrong. I, I need you to go out and look at your car after the show. You were gone one day. No, you're right. I looked at it. You're right. It does not have a you're, key. Yeah, you drive a Volkswagen. There is no way to just use a key to enter. Like, what if the battery dies on your fob and you lost your other fob? Like, that is so crazy to me that, like, you simply cannot get into your car without electronics, that we've totally gotten rid of the mechanical way of entering your car. I know it seems crazy, but then I think about it, and it's probably so much safer than, like, uh, a car that you could because I've actually when I used to drive a Toyota I once or twice opened a Toyota that didn't belong to me because like the keys were so like basically 
most Toyota Corolla keys fit into a lot of other Corollas. Oh, because they they get worn down and the yeah, and I think they're just like there just down. isn't that much. They, there isn't enough variation on the planet to make enough unique Toyota keys. But what happens when the uh, solar flares kick up and we lose all of our technology? I mean, I feel like the getting into my car is going to be the least of our bo- our worries at that point. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. Okay, we're going to post links, and when I say we, Genevieve is going to post links to all of the ads we talked about today on the Facebook page. Will I get it done in 24 hours? Hard to say. <laughs> we'll see. That's part of the mystery <laughs> of being an After These Messages fan. You go to uh, After These Messages show at Facebook. That's also our email address, After These Messages show at uh, gmail.com. And Genevieve, we have a voicemail line as well. That is 607 607- Four 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 fifty five ninety seven. Again, 607-444-5597. Call in, leave us a voicemail, send us links. If you have ideas for shows, anything you want us to talk about, let us know. All right. Thanks, Genevieve. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Totally stupid and sick. No scruples. Cool man. Ice cream. Scooping it. You can sell anything.